You are now listening to the Bunt, the People's Podcast, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. That's Vans, baby. Mama, I love you. P.O.P. All the time. Pray this out good, Pimp's boy, baby, for life. Vans is proud to announce they are releasing an all-new Ultra Range Pro 2 in Tom Shar's endorsed colorway. Vans joins forces with eight-time X Games medalist and Vans Park Series veteran Tom Shar to inspire a new colorway of the Ultra Range Pro 2. Presented in Shar's endorsed dress blue hue, the new Ultra Range Pro 2 maintains its functional and progressive design, providing exceptional comfort, lightweight traction, and breathable construction from the ground up. Tom Shar is recognized in the Guinness Book of World Records to be the first person to successfully land a 1080. Now, if that ain't enough to buy the guy's colorway, I don't know what is. Head over to vans.ca slash skate to find an authorized dealer near you. Vans, off the wall since 1960. Motherfucking six. Drop that bitch. Welcome back to The Bunt. This is episode two of season eight. And last week, we were just a, a little bit too excited to get things underway. We forgot we have big news for y'all. You are now listening to two certified fantasy football champions. Big shout out to my boy, Derek Henry. I owe you one, big dog. As always, I'm D Jones. I got the ghost beside me. Ants one behind the scenes, Mr. Reliable. It's a cool thing. Still. Ghost, what we got going on this week? Hey, man, it's popping over here in Studio E. You heard me? Yo, the one, the only, Mikey Taylor in the building. Hyped to chat it up with a legend. You know what I'm saying? And then we going straight to the post office, hollering back at all you wild listeners out there. And then you know what time it is. NFL went crazy this past weekend. We got to chop it up. NBA's popping. It's the rundown, baby. One thing you can for sure count on in the rundown is some good old Patriot talk. TB12 back up to his old tricks, man. Yeah, aka sliding the ref to 1,000 on each fucking third down. That's worth it, yo. 1,000 is nothing to the Patriots. Robert Kraft money, baby. Stand up. So last week, we started off with a bang. Hit y'all with the CHPO brand contest. Three big winners. Went home with the icy watch. Diamonds on they what? On they wrist, B. So what we got popping this week? Hey, mixing it up a little bit. Started off with a bang. Three winners. This week, we dialing it back. One winner, but they're getting a watch and a pair of sunglasses. Doesn't get much better. CHPO brand doing it big. You heard me? So Wednesday morning, make sure you head over to CHPO brand on Instagram. Check out their newest post. Follow the instructions. The rest is history, man. You're going to have diamonds on your wrist. Hater blockers covering your eyes. You ready? It's a race, y'all. So get there as quick as you can. CHPO brand on Instagram. Join me and Dono and looking fly as hell with diamonds on your wrist. You heard? Speaking of Instagram, make sure to follow us at The Bunt Live on Insta. Like us on Facebook at The Bunt and keep sending them emails, voice notes. Hey, man, maybe even a little video to thebuntlive at gmail.com. 
And it's an honor to get Mike Taylor in the building this week. Living skate legend, been doing it for a long time. You know what I'm saying? Now he's more of a real estate mogul, but uh, it's always dope to catch up with the dudes we grew up worshiping. You know what I'm saying? Street cinema, city stars, in bloom, DVS video, and many, many more. DC, hipster Mikey, you know what time it is. The man put together the greatest 411 issue of all time. There's nothing more to say about him. Let's get into the interview. Yeah, yeah, hold up, hold up. Yeah, yeah, I know what time it is. One thing left to do before we get into the interview, and what's that? Oh, it's time to get them green cans out the fridge, crack a couple of them Canadian premium Pilsners, steam whistle, the only buzz. y'all it's mikey time you're a busy dude let's get right into this how'd you first get into skateboarding bro yeah so uh i had a friend who like i just thought was cool and like looked up to him uh and he got a skateboard one day so i was like just wanted to fit in uh so i got one too um and it was like i'd always get into things like whether it was like riding a bike or just like some normal kid shit and i'd be super into it for a month and then it would totally go away uh and skating was like the thing that just never went away i I was just like obsessed with it and then obsessed the first year second year third year fifth year 10 year it was just like i just never let go you know yeah and you go through phases in skating too right like sometimes you're super into it sometimes not as much like over the course of skating for 25 years there's ups and downs right yeah i mean yeah you know what's funny man i'm I'm kind of going through the the kind of what feels like the first phase of that though. Like, I, I think like you know I, I was I skated for fun. It was like just purely like the love of it, and then you know got sponsored and it and it became my career, which it it took on a little bit different of a uh, it just became different, I guess, in a sense, mm-hmm. and kind of found a new love for it inside of that, and then. Like now is the first time where it's like it's so different that uh, I'm still trying to figure out what what it is now. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's tell you the truth. In 20 years, this is the first time where I've ever like not skated one day and didn't even realize that I didn't skate. Right. Like for 20 years, if I missed a day, I was like, "What the hell? I didn't skate." Now, like a week what will go did by, I do and I'm all like, day? "Wait, what? I, I haven't skated in a week. What the hell?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, trust, so. man. We're right there with you, man. Yeah. Sometimes it sucks getting older, but you know. <laughs> it's yeah, man. Like, why can't we just be 18 forever? You know. <laughs> trust me. Aging is the one thing we can guarantee in our lives. Man. Uh, really, that and death, just huh? <laughs> Death find some time, man. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so what was your first big break in the skate industry? Oh, man. Um, I would say my first real big break was uh, probably uh, my first part in the Transville video. I think it was like my first big one. Like I, I had like li- like I had a part in the City Stars video. Uh, I was in a video like Logic, which was smaller. But the Transville one was like the first time where I was like, holy shit, like this is actually like at a point where like a lot of people are gonna see this you know man the future of skateboarding dog that was the biggest video in our lives too man yeah played a big part in our skate lives yeah i appreciate it It did a lot for me it played a big part in mine too yeah i bet so 
Yeah, I downloaded that on Kaza. Couldn't stop watching that video. That was yeah. Fucking... What's funny is I never, I, I never watch videos I'm in. So like that was one like I've seen a handful of times, but like I I, I never got to enjoy it for what it was because I just like always felt uncomfortable watching things I was in. Damn, yo. You didn't take in fucking Evan Hernandez with the kickback boards. Well, you know, it's funny. Like it, it, it was different for me because I, I was with them every day. Like that was true, just, true. I, I was there experiencing it, you know? So it was just different, you know? True. That makes sense. Yeah. I guess you, if you get to witness it firsthand, you don't have to watch the video a million times like we did. Yeah. But dude, beyond that, it became normal for me. Like I got so used to Paul Switchfield being a 10 stair first try, second try and third try. And then after you yeah. see it every single day, you're like... Yeah, you did a 12 stair. I've seen you do that for, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, it's, it's, it was too normal for me. Everyone else is so hyped on it, and that's just your everyday skate sesh? Well, yeah, think about it. Back then, like, there was still a, a time delay on, on when it was done and when people saw it, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I, I saw what Paul was doing where everyone else saw it a year, year and a half after, where it's different now. Like, somebody lands a trick and you see it the same day. So, uh, yeah. it was just like, yeah, it was just a. It was crazy back then that there was such a lag on on people seeing it. That was that was part of the fun though, the anticipation. Yeah, I I kind of like that more than yeah Instagram era to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what? Me too. But I can't figure out if it's like I'm just like gotten older. I'm like the guy talking about how it's not cool now. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, everyone misses that. You gotta miss that. I man. miss it. I man. mean, if you're if you're around our age for sure but yeah obviously the kids don't even know what the fuck no. waiting for a video means no. anymore no but i miss it for sure i miss magazines i miss all of it dude yeah oh man me too so just before in bloom was city stars can you take us behind the scenes a little bit and tell us about filming for street cinema yeah that was probably uh one of the funnest times in my entire career was that moment uh because it was all it was all my friends that i had grown up with skating and we skated every single day together. And then now we were like all sponsored by the same company, traveling. Uh, it, it was like a just a dream scenario. Dude, doesn't get any better. Devin Callaway, Justin Case. Yeah. It's a hell of a lineup. That was another video that we watched religiously, man. You and you and Paul, we loved you guys, man. Yeah, thank you. That was that was so fun. That was such a good time. Yo, Pupeki. Don't forget Pupeki, dog. How could no, I? Sorry. No, I never forget Pupeki. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever think about how your career would have panned out if you guys had stuck with City Stars and rode that out a bit? Because you guys had that that ad where he turned, I think, two or three of you pro at the same time. Seemed like you guys were gonna, you know, take over in the board game, but uh, you guys made some some sponsor changes. But do you ever think about what would have happened maybe if you stuck with City Stars? Yes. Um, yeah, I just don't think I would have had the same career if I would have done that. I don't think Paul would have either. I think there was a, there was a, as fun as it was and as special as it felt, uh, the company didn't have the inf- infrastructure behind it to really take it to a level of, uh, of these other brands. And so it's, it's, y- you can only market something without having the vehicle behind it to actually push it. Uh, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, I just we kind of felt like it was one of those scenarios where it, it was something that could have been special. It just uh, it, it was just not able to be. If that makes sense. Yeah. And it's like, dude, with skating too. I, maybe it's not just skating. Like, it's probably most things. Y- you have a you have moments in your career where you're able to make moves, 
right? And this is more talking about like the business side of it, right? It's like there's points in your career where you're hot or relevant or doing things and you have the opportunity to, to in a sense, move up. And if you wait too long, a lot of times that goes away, right? So it's like, right. I, I think for Paul and I, like we're just kind of really, uh, I don't know, we're both really in tune or, or enjoy the business side of things. And, and we both wanted to kind of be as big as we could be. Um, and I think it was just, uh, we felt like that was the right time for us if we wanted to get to the, the point where we ended up getting to. Mm-hmm. For sure. Makes sense. You guys, you guys made business moves, the right ones. Cause you both had insane careers. Yeah. And that's weird to talk about, dude. Like it's weird to talk about the business side of it when skateboarding is supposed to be just something, uh, I think that's just really fun for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but that's just the, the, that's the part of us choosing for it to be our career that would just made it a little different than when we were just out here trying to like live our lives, you know? No, for sure. Mm-hmm. But you can't, you can't worry about the opinions of people who don't live off skating cause they're not in your shoes. You know, there's obviously going to be haters, but yeah. especially back then, I feel like switching sponsors back in those days, there's so much more scrutiny. Oh, now dude. it happens all the time, but mm-hmm. yeah. Like Remember Paul when, going to Nike. Yeah. That was a big deal. Yeah. Or when Paul quit girl, dude, that was so gnarly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Didn't, I feel like, didn't Costin call out Paul for going to Nike or something at the time? Did he really? I think he did. But then he, like, might he went have. later, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That's just, yeah, times have changed, man. Now I, f- I feel like everyone understands a lot more that yeah, it makes man's a bit got more bills sense. to pay, man's got kids these days. And shit. Or you're just trying to push your career to the yeah, next yeah, level yeah. like these guys. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think, too, like, you know, the, the industry message about, like, family and, like, you know, it, it, it got to a point where I think people saw that it wasn't about, like, this, like, family aspect. Like, you guys are running a business and when we mm-hmm. can't do it anymore, we're out of here, but, like, we're supposed to not treat you the same way. You know, there was a point yeah. where, like, that kind of door got knocked down and I think people started uh, stop believing the kind of underlying message that was being told to them, you know? Mm-hmm. I was a big Justin Case fan. Can you just tell us a little bit about Justin back in the day and the, the potential he, he had? Uh, it was a bummer when he kind of fell out of the the limelight there. Yeah. Um, so Justin was uh, Justin was like my best friend growing up. He he was uh, always the best, and it it w- everything was always so easy for him. And I remember just like like for me it wasn't easy, right? Like I was the dude that had to like work and like take forever to learn a trick and land a trick. And he was the one that would take three tries and then he'd sit here and like laugh at me for how long it took me, (laughs) you know? So like, I always just wanted to be like, be like him really. But he was, uh, he was just like naturally gifted. It was just easy and effortless from kind of always. That's what's up, man. Uh, I see, I see him skating sometimes on Instagram. Now I'll lurk his page. It's good to see him shredding still. Yeah, totally. That is one guy I wish we got to see a little bit more of, man. Me yeah. too. Me too. We watched uh, Street Cinema on repeat, and that was one. His part in that was just crazy. Yeah. And then he had a couple tricks in your In Bloom part too. Yeah. Along with your brother, man. Is your brother still on board or what's happening? No, my brother actually got in a pretty bad motorcycle accident a few years ago. Um, oh, wow, yeah, a pretty bad one, and uh, yeah, I don't, he 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 can't really skate, uh, can't really skate like that anymore. Oh, sorry to hear. Yeah, yeah, thank you. But he was good. 
He was super he good. He killed it. Yeah. It was he a kickflip he did, right? Over that big yeah. gap. Yeah, he was good. Of course, man. Can you give us a Kareem Campbell story from back in the day? Did you guys get to spend a lot of time with Kareem? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we spent time with him. We were just so young, like... It was just crazy. I don't know. We were just like, we didn't really understand what was happening, you know? Gosh, there's a, I, there's a lot of them, but like, I'm trying to think if I could tell them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the place to tell them. Yeah, that, trust me. Uh, Anything goes here. Yeah, I mean, dude, there was like one, there was one time, like, we were, uh, we were out by Yuga. We were in Canada. We were like Vancouver, Slam City Jam. And, uh, Paul and I and and Kareem, the whole team's like at dinner. And, uh, we go to get in the elevator. And uh, we're all in there. And Josh, Cat, remember Josh Casper? Oh yeah. So elevator opens, and Josh Casper's there, right? And like you could see his face is like kind of like uh, like a little scared. And Kareem's <laughs> like, "All right, guys, step out of here." And like has all of us get out and brings Josh Casper into the elevator. And I guess there was an issue with Josh Casper like blatantly ripped off an action shoe. <laughs> oh, so like oh, <laughs> Kareem had this like moment in the elevator with him where like the kids couldn't be a part of it. So and oh, I was like, damn. Paul and I were like, yo, That's it's Josh Casper. Move. Yeah. It's pretty it's pretty funny. <laughs> Kareem's like, let me take care of this real quick. Yeah, oh. it's, pretty, it's pretty funny. That's amazing, yo. That's a good one. We gotta get we gotta get Kareem on the pod. We gotta, and find t- out we gotta touch Kareem. What man. happened in the elevator? Yeah, be big. Hey, Ghost Man. There's one thing we preach in these days when it comes to our kids, and I think we gotta let the people know. Ah, uh, yeah, B. As comfort over everything. And now with Brixton's brand new collection, Steady Comfort. They making it easier than ever. The steady pant and short by Brixton is straight fire. Whether you go short or long, this is Brixton's most comfortable pants and short combination ever. Their loose fit and elastic waist make them ideal for maximum comfort in any situation. The steady short and pant provide hella comfort, something we stand for over here at The Bunt. The collection is dropping this February, across the Brixton network worldwide. So keep your eyes peeled. So you rode for Seek. Did you go straight to Seek from City Stars? Yeah. Paul ended up quitting like two weeks before I quit. And like really back then, Paul was so good and there was so much attention on him that I I didn't feel like the brand could, could do it without him, really. Right. And so he quit, and then I was like, okay, I need to figure out where I'm going to go. And I had – Rob Deerdick was, like, one of the first pros I'd ever met because he would come out to our city uh, because Alien was flowing just in case. And I was best friends oh, with Justin. Geez. So him and Abe would always come out, and I'd be, like, Justin's sidekick. Um, <laughs> so I ended up just calling Rob, like, right when Paul quit. And I was like, yo, uh, can you sponsor me, like, with anything? Alien, <laughs> Seek, Habitat, like <laughs> – I just I just need to get sponsored. And so he was like, of course, man. Like, I want you to write for this. So that's how that happened. Yeah, you guys had, I mean, it was brief, but it was cool. I was into it at the time. I liked um, it, too. That was one of those comments yeah, that I flow. wish. Yeah. Yeah, you guys had Flo, Carolino. Yeah, what, what was that like? And what's the story on, you know, the uprising and then it, the brief, the quick exit from, this, from the skate world? Um, it. I thought it was rad. I thought it was super cool. Like it was fun. Like I, the, everyone was so good. I, I loved like just being a part of just DNA as a whole. But it was like 
it was almost too soon to have a full international team like that, right? Like I thought it was rad that they had somebody from uh, France, somebody from Brazil, somebody from Canada, somebody from here, right? And no one mm-hmm. was really trying to market like a full international program as one team, right? It was yeah. always so such. It was always separated prior to that. And I, I think like for whatever reason, I, I, I don't know if the market was ready for it. And then beyond that, I think uh, having three board companies out of the same place where they're all pretty similar, right. it can't work, right? Like you're mm-hmm. basically taking 100% of aliens pie and now cutting it into half yeah. to do habitat. And now you're trying to cut thirds out of them to create seek. Like you almost like you have to do like a, a DGK and then like a zero, Right, like yeah. but like doing a brand brand that's too similar, it's just it it hurt it. So they had to get rid of one, and Seek was the smallest one. Right, mm-hmm. uh, makes sense. Well, Seek was dope. Yeah, I loved it. You guys actually came to Toronto and put on one of the best demos I've ever yeah. seen. Cities ever seen. Uh, you remember I remember that, that one? demo. Of course I do. That was so fun. Okay, yeah. this is gonna get interesting. Sh- shout out to Shred Central. Do you remember throwing your shoes away in the product toss? No. No, no, it wasn't like that. He didn't. Okay, wait. it wasn't a product. First, first of all, I just want to shout out a couple tricks and some some legends. Uh, Josh Kalis blew my mind. Yeah, the, him and Deerdick destroyed. No, Deerdick blew my mind because I didn't know yeah. Deerdick had it like that. Like he was on lock, everything pop shove nose grind like first try, yeah. three flip lips. Yeah, Flo was killing it too though. Crook, Reaver, the gap to rail, switch front blunt shove. Yeah. yeah, but we knew we knew Flo and everyone were next level. Oh, Kalis switch flip back lip. But Deerdick was the one that really shocked yeah. me because I didn't know he was like automatic, you know. But yeah. it makes sense. What do you he do? That cap part. back lip. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, he had that TF in San Diego. Man, he skated every night. He was just like locked in. Oh, yeah. that's true. And yeah. the and the rail at Shred was similar to the one at his Pretty TF, close, so yeah. it made sense. Yeah. But what happened was, I actually don't remember what trick you were trying anymore. But you were trying a trick, and uh, you got pissed. It was near the end of the demo, and you just took your shoes off and whipped them. That sounds like me back then. <laughs> to the mini rap? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like me back then. <laughs> and uh, me, me and Donovan were actually standing on top of the mini ramp and our friend Jacob. And there was this awkward moment where we didn't know if you were going to go grab your shoes back when you calmed down. Yeah. And when you walked the other way, we realized they're up for grabs. <laughs> and I like threw Donovan. We, we both dashed for the shoes. I like pushed him. Like, he pushed me style. off the mini ramp. Yeah. <laughs> And, to uh, get your shoes. I got uh, your shoes, man. They were a half size too small, but I skated them for months. That so was my payback, you. at least. They were supposed to be mine, but I got to watch him suffer in shoes that were too small for him. For I a whole love summer. it. I love it. Dude, I got a couple of clips in Haw in those shoes. Yeah, what were they? Oh, they, were, side. they were DVS? They were DVS shoes, the brown leather ones. Okay. Yeah, some brown leather okay. ones with a white sole. Yeah, okay. Crispy, man. They were pretty much you brand new, up. too. That was huge. Played a huge part in his... His skate career. I love it. Yeah. I, I got to kick Manny in them back in the day. No, I love no it. Big spin. What a small world, dog. Here we are, man. 15 years <laughs> later, however long it was. <laughs> so crazy. So before we get into this next question, we both just want to uh, state the fact that your 411 might have been the best one of all time. Definitely my favorite. Big ups on that one. Another huge skate video. Thank you. Uh, in our skate lives. But after In Bloom and after your Rock Nation 411, the the gangster Mikey Taylor started to fade away a little bit, and a more hip Mikey Taylor was born. Yeah. Man, we missed the cornrows and the rap tracks. What was behind <laughs> the huge changeup? 
Um, Anthony Papalardo actually was a lot of that. Mm. Believe it or True. not, yeah, he was. It was him mixed with. It was Anthony Papalardo mixed with my clothing sponsor, which was Maddox at the time, and mm-hmm. a lot of their clothes were starting to slim up. Oh, okay, okay. Right? Okay. It was just like, it was one of those things, like, I started really liking, how, like, Papalardo. Uh, he kind of had an influence on me, uh, just how I was skating. And then, like, my clothing sponsor's clothes switched up, and uh, it just kind of happened, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Damn, that makes so much sense now. Yeah. Hanging around with someone, influential dude like Papalardo. Yeah. I mean, we love Mikey Taylor through and through, but... Uh, I've had some the, different the eras, huh? Mikey Taylor... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. just wish that the skatemore track was a was a rap track, man. It seems like you still had the baggy clothes, the baggy kits, and you the, know what's the music funny? just switched you know, a bit you, too early. You know what's you know what's funny, man? I was always so terrified of having rap as skate songs. I I, oh. I, I know that sounds so weird because I always listened to rap from from mm-hmm. then till now, but. I, for whatever reason, I was like on this like if I have a rap song, the skate part's not going to be perceived as good. It was a weird. I don't know why I felt like that, but a lot mm. of like I did feel like that in a lot of the songs that I chose in my skate parts. I didn't choose like the part from DVS. Colin chose, and he was like, "Do you like this?" Like, yeah, that's cool. And then <laughs> even like uh, what was the part after uh, my Alien Workshop part? My Alien Workshop part yeah. was was great con as well. Yeah. Um- I'm gonna put a request out there. <laughs> we need a remix version of uh, Skate More to some sort of Jay Z or something. Okay. Some sort of Rock Nation. <laughs> we, we just rewatched that part, and yeah, the kits were still G Mikey, but the song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it was it was a weird combo, but I'll never forget that front shove crook straight yeah. on, baby. Thank you. I'll never forget it either, because it took me six days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's your spot. Uh, yeah. You got lines at that spot in every yeah. part. It looks fun. So yeah, you mentioned it briefly. You're riding for Alien, but you were a part of it when all that turmoil started going down with the changeover. Uh, what was that like from the inside? What part? Of, what changeover? There was a few. The one that ended up ending it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess there was the rumors it was going to end, then it stuck around, and then it actually ended briefly. But. Uh, yeah, just, I don't know, just writing for Alien after the video came out was when things started getting a little weird, right? Yeah, you know what, like, Alien, for me, was like, Alien made such a big impact and kind of, or influenced me as a, as a kid into, like, how I ended up wanting to skate. And I always, like, idolized that brand and just thought it was so special that, like, I felt, like, so honored to be a part of it, but felt like I never fit into it as well. And right. and, and it was always like a weird, uh, I, I don't know, writing for Alien, I, like I'm, I'm very thankful I did, but that was actually, I think, the hardest time in my whole career was when I wrote for Alien. It, it was like the first team that I just never felt like I should have been there. And and it got mm. worse as, as, it, as time went by. And then eventually it was just like, I don't think the majority of people even wanted me there, you know? Oh, damn. So that, yeah, that was a, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a, that was a, a hard, a hard one for me still. Like, just cause I, I always looked at it as so special and it was just kind of tough, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once seek went down, they're just like, okay, the natural thing to do is bump you over here. Yeah. So 
well, so they they brought me over and like you know the people I was friends with was Rob and Bera and Kalis and it, 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 those were the guys that I was close with like just being local in, in my area. And as those guys started kind of stepping away from Alien, it got to a point where I was kind of the last one of my group of friends there. Right. And and it, and it wasn't like anything against the other guys. It was just uh, I, I was just different than them, you know? Yeah, it just never – it just kind of ran its course, I guess. Like photosynthesis, it seemed like probably everyone was getting along, but then – some people went one direction and other people went another direction and then you're kind of stuck in the middle. Yeah, totally. And then I guess as those guys left, damn, you know, you're in like a whole new crew coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. totally. Um, so wait, then what happened in the end? Did you, did you end up quitting or the company went, were you still on when they kind of like went on hiatus? No, I got kicked off. Oh shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I got kicked off. Um, a lot of the guys on the team threatened to quit if I didn't get kicked off. So Holy shit. Yeah, so I got kicked off, and then a month later, all the guys quit anyway, and then the company went out of business. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so that, uh, I, I was there right right until the, pretty close to the end. A Damn. month before the end, fuck. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, that's hectic, man. So a little bit after that, you joined the DC Super Team during the Steve Barra era. Yeah. What was it like traveling the world and killing it with the squad that big? Dude, that was awesome because uh, I was so close with Mike Moe and Cole that like mm-hmm. we were just like on bro session all over the world. <laughs> you know, it was pretty <laughs> rad. Yeah, that that moment, like those first couple years, that was the closest feeling I had to when I wrote for City Stars. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was sick. just like fun and like yeah it, it was just enjoyable was a, trips yeah yeah it was it was it was a really fun time so like all thing, all good things come to an end at some point um the dc super team era also s- slowly started to to change uh some of the big names were let go what was going on what was behind the whole rebrand and like you chris cole mike moe uh, all those kind of dudes started getting dropped. Why did it happen? <laughs> yeah, what, what, and like Steve Barra, I don't think he doesn't work for DC anymore or whatever. Like it was just like a whole regime change. Oh, gosh, there's it's, there's such a long story to it, but basically at the core of it, they brought somebody in to try and help it succeed. It was it was kind of went through a process of struggling, and that guy they brought in uh, just didn't like the direction that. The direction it was and didn't like kind of us our, our image in that so me mike mo cole uh, a lot of like my friends got let go and he kind of wanted it to go in a different direction than us hmm. interesting i've been kicked off of two companies in my whole Jesus. career alien, alien workshop in dc <laughs> <laughs> and this one they just brought a, a guy in to switch things up eh? and that was that yeah that was that mm-hmm Wow. Yeah, the guy who kicked me off, I I never even met. He called me. First conversation I ever had with him was me getting kicked off. Holy, Holy fuck! Yeah, this guy's yeah. business, That's eh? Ice cold, man. Yeah, yeah. But I'm guessing, I'm guessing it was nice while it lasted. Yeah. The the budget seems yeah. quite high over at DC. I'm sure the pay the was, budget, was the budget was high. <laughs> budget <laughs> Maybe was that's high. why they brought him in, man. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you had some pro shoes and all that. Fucking travel the world. I'm sure there's no regrets there. No, no, no. I was, I was, I was incredibly uh, fortunate to be able to do it as long as I did. I went 15 years. I didn't think I could go past 10. Well, you know, hell, yeah. Hell, it's a hell yeah. of a career. So you had a bad injury around that time as well. What was your mindset going through all of that? Uh, dark. Yeah. <laughs> incredibly dark. Um, yeah, that was uh, I, I It was just hard. I, I, I wasn't really prepared for it the way I thought I was. And that was, uh, dude, it was tough. I, I, it was, I, like, I always thought I was really, uh, really humble and, like, down to earth. And I was surprised how big of an ego I had through that process because it was, like, it, it felt crippling, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was, was, it, was not, it was not easy. Um, I tore... So I tore a ligament in my leg, and it's it, it's the ligament that you pull your like knee up into your chest, and and I was skating with it for about a year, right? And and so I was skating with it for a year. I had about two years, little under two years left on my contract with DC, and so I was trying to make the decision if I should just skate in pain for two years and kind of be a pro until it ended or have surgery and then skate pain-free for the last year and a half or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I kind of talked to them about it and they were like, no, just have the surgery. And and I got kicked off while I was on the couch from oh, that surgery. Oh, so so that was the part that was like... I, I, it it's a was, helpless feeling it, almost. Yeah, it was helpless and it, it felt like for me, like, okay, I am in the middle of surgery. I lost all my sponsors. That What that really meant was my career ended right there where I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought I was going to be able to recover, get back to skating, enjoy it. And, and that, that was a, a tough thing because I was never able to really recover the way I wanted to because pro skateboarding was basically out of my cards at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, right. That was the hard part for me. Yeah. Fuck, that's a bummer. How's the leg now? How are you feeling now in terms of skating? Yeah, my leg's fine. My leg's totally fine. What I'm trying to adjust to is uh, I got used to what it feels like to skate every single day of my life for 20 years. Uh, and now I get to skate once every week or two. Yeah. Uh, and so that's a shitty feeling. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. So that that is like my leg feels good. It's just my body feels shitty. I can't jump yeah, as the high. Rest of it. Missing tricks. Oh, you, know? <laughs> you really need to do it all the time, man. Yeah. How, how old are you, you now? To. 35. Oh, damn, man. Yeah. Fuck yeah, it doesn't. We're thirty, thirty-one, so uh, we're already we're if already you slowing keep down. Doing it, <laughs> yeah. If you, if if you keep doing, I think you're 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 better off. It's just I had six months of not skating from the surgery, mm-hmm. and then not skating for six months, and then going on this skating like once or twice a week was yeah. Dude, that was hard. That was hard. Yeah. So you started Sovereign Skateboards. Tell us about the brand and what you guys got going on with Sovereign. Uh, Dude, we're just like trying to do like something different, and I know everyone's saying that. But uh, when Alien kind of went away, it I felt like there wasn't a company out there that fit me, and so like with Sovereign, it was just like you know what, let's not worry about like building this huge brand. Let's not worry about like hitting the mainstream. Like let's just create something we're proud of, uh, and that's really what we did. And it's small. There's four of us that do it. And uh, it's going well. So we've been having a lot of growth. This is definitely our biggest year. But uh, 
it, dude, that, that, I guess to sum it up, like we're just trying to make something we're proud of. That's really all it is. That's what's up, man. It's good to hear. As long as it keeps you motivated and in the skate game and we can get some Mikey Taylor clips in the mm-hmm. future. Keep uh, us all happy. Yeah. We're happy. Well, to tell you the truth, that was like, that was a big thing that I always, always wanted was to have something inside of skateboarding that always, like, I, I always was able to connect with skating or, mm-hmm. or be a part of it, even if I wasn't a pro skateboarder. Yeah. So that, that side of it's been really cool. Like, we went to Japan a couple months ago. Sick. and I was able to go on that trip and, like, still kind of can pick and choose when I can be on things. <laughs> and uh, it was pretty rad. It's like four years later, it's coming coming to fruition with, like, uh, we actually have a company and I get to, like, do things in the industry still, you know. That's awesome, man. That's so dope. Yeah. So these days you're deep in the real estate world and have moved away from being a pro skater. What was the transition like? To tell you the truth, once I got through the emotional side of like not being a pro skateboarder, the transition was actually easier than I thought it was. There's a lot of like, like for me it was skating, right? Like I, I fell in love with skating, became pro, went through like a moment where I was struggling with it. Probably when you saw me and I threw my shoes in the mini ramp, (laughs) uh, there was a two-year window of me being a pro skateboarder where I didn't like being a pro. Yeah. I really struggled with the industry side of it and skateboarding being a business. But then I ended up really enjoying that and found like a lot of love in the business element of it. And just going through that, now starting this, there's a lot of similarities with not only business in, in skateboarding, but being a pro skateboarder. There's a lot of challenges in, in the way we kind of look at the world differently as really uh, – helped and been nice in starting a new company inside of real estate with just, I think, looking at it in a fresh set of eyes, uh, just having good experience with failing and failing <laughs> and failing until I fucking land a trick, you yeah. know? So it's been good on that end. Uh, it's The hardest thing for me is like, it, I went from doing something that was physically exhausting into something now that is mentally exhausting, yeah, right? you know, and it's a, it's just a different thing. Like I'll go five days and like not even break a sweat and like mentally I am <laughs> exhausted, exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, but it's going really well. It's, it's, uh, you know, like I was talking about like identity or, or how hard it was going through skating, like finding purpose mm-hmm. with, with what I'm doing now. It's, it's the first time where I really feel like I have a purpose for other people instead of me having a purpose like selfishly for me right and that side of it's been really cool damn man that's dope fuck all grown up man what's it like on the other end grown up man grown up it's different man (laughs) it is different i'm trying to i'm trying to get there man i'm I'm trying to get grown (laughs) trying to get grown yeah i mean sometimes i trip i was just in a uh last week I'm, I'm in this meeting there's six guys around me everyone suits and and really smart guys right yeah. and i'm sitting in this meeting and i'm like how did i get here <laughs> like <laughs> you know but uh yeah i don't know i don't know if you know i, I think forever will will just be a little different i think skaters just are different yeah. you know straight up we're always happy to hear that once people move past their skate career, they're doing mm-hmm. well, especially guys that we we're f- big fans of growing up. So props to you and continued success, man. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And you can get back Thank to you. I appreciate skating that. for the pure love, man. I know it, man. I know it. I'll tell you, it's still weird. <laughs> like, it really is. It's still weird, you know, but I know. So do you have another part up your sleeve? And if so, can you please use a rap song? <laughs> So, uh, 
I have footage. It'll probably be something to do with Sovereign. Ooh, that's going to be a tough Come one on. to get rap music. We <laughs> need a Sovereign. True, true, true. <laughs> All right, if you can't do that, we need the remix. Whoever made this, the DVS video uh, needs to bless the people with that remix. I'm going to hit Colin with that. I'm going to text him after this and see if he'll, if he'll remix the part. Yeah, we of need it, man. epic. Oh. So what's next for Mikey Taylor? You're going to be in a $9 million one-on-one golf challenge in a couple years or what? Oh, man. I don't know if that's <laughs> in my cards, man. Um, I mean, dude, me right now, uh, what's in my cards really is just is, is building this company. It's, that's kind of my main focus is just build this thing and help as many skaters and athletes kind of prepare for this transition mm-hmm. and, and make it as easy as possible as I can. Yeah. You know? It's a big transition, man. A lot of guys have trouble with it, but uh, they can look up to you, man. Yeah, totally. Thank you. That's what's up. Y'all know what time it is. It's Rapid Fire with the Ghost, and it's an honor to be presented by Spitfire Wheels. They cooked up something real special. The first ever Bobby DeKaiser Pro Edition Formula 4 Spitfire Wheel. Now, it may not have you skating quite like Bobby, because no one's on that level, but trust me, it'll provide you with speed, quality, and style. (laughs) I know I could use some extra speed in these streets. So what are you waiting for? Go get yourself Bobby's all-new wheel in natural 99DU 53 and 54 millimeters. Available now at Blue Tile Lounge in Toronto, Bill's Wheels in Santa Cruz, Embassy in Columbus, 303 in Denver, and finer skate shops worldwide. You'll be half-cab flipping neck high in no time. Now let's get into this rapid fire, you heard? All right, man, we got MT, Mikey Taylor, Rapid Fire. It's that time. Let's get it, B. Favorite skater? Eric Costa. Favorite video? Mouse. Favorite video part? Eric Austin. In Mouse? Yep. <laughs> Favorite style? Chino Iannucci. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Maybe Mark Appleyard. Ooh. Oh, hell yeah. Apples. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Guy Mariano. Favorite trick? Back tails. Hardest trick for you? Uh, inward heel flips. Most illegal trick? Varial flips. Oh. Ooh. It's a whole new wave of skaters going to hate you for that one. <laughs> they love it. I know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they it's love back. that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Fuck. That is a good one. I think the Nolly Crook in, uh, in In Bloom. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was so G. Second last trick. Yeah. Or the Nolly Flip Nose Slide. Those might have been the, the, my two favorites. Well, the my, Nolly Flip Nose with the cornrows? With yeah. cornrows, yeah. Gotta be. Yeah. <laughs> one, of my favorites, one of my favorites of yours was the Crooked Grind, the really long one in DVS. The first trick? That was so gnarly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you. And and Backsmith Ender. <laughs> Hip, I like the hip salads. Mikey, hip Mikey, backsmith yeah. Ender, and um, one of your DC parts down there. I like crazy that one too. Rail. Yeah, I like that, was, that one too. That was nuts. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? You know what a crazy one is that I saw? Remember Danny Supa's last trick in the Nike video? The big uh-huh. spin, uh, the big spin heel flip, the inside inward 
like a backside oh, big spin oh, with a heel flip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that was actually one of the gnarliest <laughs> tricks I've ever seen. I was there for that. <laughs> what? That's, That's so, so random. Sick. Yeah, it's so random. Shout out Danny Supa. <laughs> big time. Legend. What's the best trick you've ever done that wasn't caught on film? Like there was it. one night I was scared, skating at Barra's very first skate park in the valley, and uh, and somebody somebody asked me to go there. Maybe it was like Gabe Clement from DVS, and uh, we're like warming up, and there was a super long box, and I don't know why, but I was like, I'm just gonna get into a kickflip front crook, right? And, uh, and it was a little taller and I tried to get in at the beginning and I locked in and it just kept going and kept going and kept going. Damn. And I kicked the front crook the box from start to finish like 12 feet long and had no <laughs> idea I was going to do it. And I remember landing going, I'm going to play that off. Like I tried to do that. And it was that easy. But it was like <laughs> one of those moments like, holy shit, I can't believe I did that. That's so sick. Gotta love those fluke moments when you pull yeah. it off. No, yeah. you, you said that about him too when we were when we were watching all your parts right before we came on air, and you seemed to always grind your tricks a little bit longer than you needed to. Yeah, you know okay. some people do a lot of short grinds and a little in and out. I do yeah. that shit all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I just thought of? I had a line in uh, I don't remember what video part it was, but I did a front shove it back nose grind, and then a nollie flip back tail slide to fakie. And uh, on one of them, without the camera on, I got my my truck on, did nolly flip back, like nolly backside flip, switch front crook. Uh, that, was totally, that was totally on accident, but that was one of those. I was like, <laughs> damn, I wish I could have got that on film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely got respect for holding them grinds. What's the one trick that got away? I, so I did, a, I did like a nose blunt slide into this bank in Fresno that was, it was like a cover of... Oh, the pop-out? Yeah. yeah. At that same spot, right to the corner there's this rail that you can ollie over it's like gotta be like 60 stairs something like that you can ollie over the rail but the bank only goes down 30 of the stairs and then there's a wall that drops like 10 feet uh i i I drove out there four hours tried to ollie it all day one day stayed out there tried to ollie it all day the next day drove home came back out the next weekend tried it again tried it again and couldn't do it i wanted that to be the last trick in my the last dc part i had i I never got it which was brutal yeah that one would have been nice did you land that nose blunt yeah that was in i did had a uh like a real street like x games thing oh true it was in that yeah Sure, I gotta peep that. That spot looks scary as hell. Committing to that bank, super scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what's his face? Um, gnarly ass dude on Death Wish. Nolly flip over the rail. So yeah, it's psycho. Yeah, John Dixon. John Dixon. Yeah. What's the last new trick you learned? I think the last new trick I learned was nolly heel flip. I did nolly heel flip like front crook. Nolly heel flip front Sick. crook. Nice. I could always Great. do him to nose slide. I could do nolly heel front nose, but I could never get my truck on. I think that was the last one I learned. Very nice. Um, dream job after skating. God, what I'm doing now. Hell yeah. Living yeah. it. Yeah. That's what's up. Favorite local brand. I really like Love uh, uh, Is it Lovesick? It's like the, the boards with uh, there's like the Statue of Liberty, but they're like pink. Alex does it. I don't know. It's, it's cool. It looks That's nice. dope. <laughs> yeah. Favorite local skater. Probably Art, Car- Art Cardova. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the look on your face. <laughs> um, probably I wish I never rode for GoPro, actually. Oh, true. Yeah, that was one that I, I wish I, would, I wouldn't have done. 
You had the Nolly fifty fifty ad on that that reel. Uh, yeah, they just at the, the yeah, it was like the ads were like. I just remember going, "Gosh, this is such a uncomfortable look." <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Favorite teammate ever? Probably Paul, Malto, Mike, Mo, and Cole. But then Davis so, too. I've had so many good. I've had so many good teammates. Worst teammate ever. Worst teammate ever. Do you guys remember Greg Myers? Oh yeah. <laughs> Terrible teammate, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Poor Greg. Just, just he was like, at that seek demo. Yeah, he was. He was just like just hell bent and crazy, man. Damn. Yeah, yeah, he was wild. Anthony Mosley was a pretty bad teammate too. True. You were on DVS at the same time as him? Yeah. Uh, I always heard rumors about him being like egomaniac, but he was so sick at skating. He was he so was. good. He was yeah. so good, and he was really cool before spawn. Like I, I knew him as he, as a kid growing up. He was awesome, but uh, those couple years on DVS were he wasn't great to travel with. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Worst trend. <sighs> Worst trend. Uh, I didn't, I personally didn't like the no comply trend. Worst style. I don't know. Robert, Robert, uh, what's his name? Mancha? Who, he was on City Stars. I'm blanking on his name. Oh. Uh, oh, do you remember? Shit. He was Brazilian. Yeah, the guy with the long legs, like the. Yeah, he tall, had such long legs. Oh, long arms. His part was sick. What yeah, was he was name? sick. He was sick, but he had crazy, he had kind of crazy style. <laughs> we gotta search gotta this up. Google. Was it Rob Mancha? Damn, you coming at one of your own here. Oh, Roger Mancha, yeah. Oh, Roger Mancha. Roger Mancha. <laughs> Last person you want on the sesh. You know what? This is going to sound weird, but who I don't like being on this session is Heath Kirchart because I'm so intimidated to skate in front of him <laughs> <laughs> that I find myself like clammed up the whole time. Damn, yo, he might I come like and find one. you. Yo. Yeah, we heard some stories about Heath, man. He ain't the nicest. <laughs> He'll get you, dog. He was just like every time I was with him, I was so worried about like, like doing something wrong. (laughs) You you should be. He's ruthless. Yeah, Yeah. we heard some amazing stories about Heath, man. He showed up to my house like three in the morning one time, banging down my door with his buddy Bob, and I opened the door and he's in the bushes and Bob's butt naked, like running through my house, and I had never met Heath before. It was like the first time I ever met him. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. freak. Yeah, That's no, he's insane. funny. He's he's actually he's a really cool guy. So, okay. MT Mike Taylor, the future of skateboarding. That's a wrap on the interview. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy day to sit down with us, man. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Welcome back to the post office. Brought to you by our good friends over at Time Bomb Trading. And this week, we talk in America, releasing a brand new pro model from Colin Provost, the provider, coming to your local skate shop soon. This is a shoe release you are not going to want to miss. Let's get into these emails, man. You've got mail. All right, first up, we got an email from Jake Leonard. 
Hello, hello from the UK. Huge fan of the show. Heard every episode at least once. Hope you guys had a good break from the best job in the world and looking lively with some juicy pod for us. So I got three stinking tricks that make me feel to puke to matter who I see do them. I feel like you guys haven't mentioned or covered these. Number one, the backside wall ride nollie out. Number two, riding into a grind on top of a bank or ramp. Uh, on your front truck without popping first crook frontside crook usually number three possibly worst of all frontside shove it's out of backside board slides in my opinion these are all completely illegal no matter who it is or what they're done on just wondering if you guys agree or if don and the ghosts are stacking in these clips for your upcoming parts uh Tally-ho. The only one I would give a pass out of the three is probably the first one because I've seen Brad Cromer do some of those and he could do anything good, man. Yeah, I, I ain't got no problems with a wall ride nollie. Uh, but the other two make perfect sense. You don't like those ride-on grinds on Tranny? I don't mind when someone comes in hot like Grant Taylor or something and just like ride on five O's so yeah, long to start just, their line. Just front trucks. Oh, just front trucks? Yeah. Like front crook or back crook or nose grind. I don't he think anyone wants to see him that. pop it, pop into it. Oh, like riding up the ramp. Yeah, yeah. I don't like those either. <laughs> I thought he meant from the top of the deck. I was confused. Oh, like ride along. The, uh, yeah, like I like when like Grant Taylor yeah, starts his line sick. with like a gnarly five wheel ride on. Mm-hmm. Um, number three, backboard shove. Was alright. I never. Yeah, this is what I it don't is. do them, but. Right. We're stacking tons of clips, man. These ain't any of them. Though, so. <laughs> yeah. All right, next up, we got an email from Jordan Mould. What up, boys? Love the pod. Day one listener. First time emailer. Wanted to ask you guys if you'd rifle off some rapid fire questions to each other. Also, you know the people need more Wade Live from the streets. Shouts from Perth, Australia. Much love. Here we go again, man. Yo, just fucking DM Wade. Comment on his last picture. Tell him you want some in the streets, maybe. Maybe he'll wake up from his slumber. All right, Ghost, you ready? Yeah. Hardest trick for you? Varial heel. Favorite style? Apple yard. Good one. Favorite video part? Scott Kane, 4 on one Favorite local brand? Club gear. <laughs> Favorite skater? Rob Welsh. Most illegal trick? No slide big spin. Either way. <laughs> Favorite local skater? Dylan Barnes. Oh, sick. What's the one trick that got away? <laughs> Fakey cab 7-Eleven, man. Oh, yeah. Summer 2019. Weren't you supposed to do that this past Yeah, summer? Jay Brown uh, DM'd right after that episode, and he's like, yo, I did that. Oh, shit. I was like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Still gonna do it. Zine. All right, next up, we got an email from Christopher Eicher. Probably said that wrong. What it do, Dono and Seifa? Pumped you guys are back for season eight. Been a big fan for a few seasons now. You have a big following down here in Milwaukee. Been trying to get steam whistles for a while now, but our beer is just fine down here too. And you know we have a 30 rack waiting for you at Cream City Skate Park if you ever make it down. Jeez! Respect. But it's time for y'all to put some (laughs) capital R respect on the Milwaukee Bucks. You know we've been neck and neck with Toronto all year. Boston is collapsing and in general has all... Uh, and in general has an all-time worst fan base. Either way, I'd love to see another Toronto-Milwaukee series after you guys smoked us two years ago. Keep killing it, guys. 
That was on the 16th, January 16th, and then later that day, I guess that's when our episode came out. Just heard you guys all in capitals. Just heard you guys shade the bucks so hard. No mention. Wow, bruv. We took your raps twice already this year, and we about to make it thrice. Bet it, bud. Are you just scared to mispronounce Giannis's name, or what is it? You tell me. Can't continue to tolerate this mad disrespect. Absolutely outrageous. I think at Safler is just shook because he knows that Milwaukee is the only team in the East that can bend the Raptors over right now. Mike Budenholzer is going to pull down his pants at midcourt and take a big steamy dump on Nick Nurse's chest for the halftime show. Wow. Giannis, Did we not mention them or something? Or are you still going? I don't know. Giannis is going to put Siakam on a poster, and I'll print it out and send you one. Bet on it. Also, mad love to Travis in Milwaukee. That's the homie. Far from the last rant. Chris. Jesus, blood. First thoughts? <clears throat> First thoughts is... I don't even... Did, is he mad because we said something mean about the Bucks, or because we didn't say anything? We didn't say anything. I think yeah, we talked we, about the East. We had to speed through. It was like all football talk last week. We didn't have much time for the NBA. Uh, the Bucks are holding it down, but mark my words, they ain't getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, yo. Regular season team. You heard me, Chris? Hot take. You heard? She. So, yeah, we just straight up forgot him, I guess. Man, Milwaukee, scary team. Like you said, beat us both times, but have they yeah. won a playoff series? Nah. Has Giannis won a playoff series? Nah, he keeps getting bounced in the first round. So, man, maybe that's the problem right there, Chris. Like, we, we, we've taken our lumps in the playoffs before, man. Yeah. We've been around. We've taken those L's. Boston, they took a hard L last year. Philly, same thing. Won a couple and then lost. So You know what's funny? Like, the Raps get the most shade for like always losing to LeBron but Milwaukee somehow like stayed enough under the radar to not get any hate but like they've missed the playoffs a couple years in the past like five years and they've also got bounced by the Bulls bounced by the Raptors y'all need to take some heat too Giannis I'm tired of Giannis flexing man if they don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals this year that's a failed season pressure is on there's four hella legit no five including the Pacers. Five legit-ass teams in the East this year. It's going to be hard, man. But uh, if Middleton doesn't start getting his shit together and playing like an all-star, I think they're done in the first or second round. Ooh. Probably second, but... You think they can get by? Oh, yeah. If they're first or second seed, they're going to smoke, like, Miami But if it's 4-5 Milwaukee, Indiana... Yeah, Woo! like that's what I'm saying. Like, the or Buc- anyone, the Bucks like the four lose. five series is gonna be. Yeah, you don't want to be there. Yeah, because you don't want to be there. Indiana is not like not going down without a fight. Oh hell no! And I think they're in third right now. Anyway, we forget that Indiana took Cleveland seven games last year. Should have beat the Cavs. Yeah, fuck sakes. But four five, whoever's down there, you <laughs> might even see Boston down there, man. Yeah, Milwaukee better stay in first or second, or else they're gonna have some troubles in the first round. You heard me, <laughs> Chris. All right, next up, we got an email and voice note from Eric Myers. Super hyped you guys are back. Don't know how I've been getting through these bullshit work days. Now that the race to the playoffs is going in the NHL, I figured I'd try to leave y'all some voice notes every week on what teams are doing well and which teams are dusting it up. Keep killing it. P.S. I almost had a damn near heart attack when I heard Theo Banks is alive. I thought I put him down with them shots. I'm back on the manhunt. L count. Yo, this, this guy just uh, give himself a job. That's at what I was the gonna front. say, yo, who, Eric. Who do you think you is, B? 
We go and give you think you think this is hockey chat or something? <laughs> the fuck? It's gonna be a tryout. Yeah, let's take a listen. We are back! Now you're talking no bunk ass podcast. I'm talking about the people's podcast, the bunt. Sal count over here grinding my little ass off at UPS. And you know, just uh hyped you guys are back on. Tough break for uh, UD Jones. The boys uh, in the World Juniors, Canadian team. Broken stick, sorry, thanks for coming. US made it to the finals, we lost to them fans, but still got mad love for Canada. Huge Canucks fan, we got a little wagon brewing. But uh, yeah, dude, shout out to you guys. Thanks for fucking always killing it. All right, Eric, we appreciate the love and support. But damn, first of all, if you want to be a weekly fucking NHL talk kind of dude, maybe record somewhere that isn't loud as shit and uh, actually drop some some NHL news. That was just like a, the most random 30 seconds of Yeah, he told us he's on the Vancouver Canucks bandwagon. <laughs> That's your NHL news, Eric? We need more than that. But I respect it recording at work, doing what you're doing, UPS, man. So I make the people's podcast, man, for you guys. But like the ghost said, we're going to need a lot more out of you if you're trying to come back on here every week. So we'll give you another rip next week if you want it. Yeah, step your audio quality up. But we respect the UPS hustle. You heard? So we love when you guys show up at our door, man. Yeah, real shit. All right. Next up, we got an email from Big Dick Nick Eeks. <laughs> hey, we back in this bitch. Hyped as can be for season eight, and you guys are already making my day. Y'all some real ones for the shout out. Happy to be known that heavily for Eagles fandom. Anyway, can't believe the big dick magic is over. It was a damn good run. And yo, as far as the Alshon thing, no hate at all. Philly and all its fans stand behind him 100%. Dude made many harder catches for the Eagles, and they wouldn't have had a Super Bowl ring without him. Now, speaking of the Super Bowl, I know this is going to air after the respective conference championships, so I'm just going to try and make some bold predictions so I look like a genius on Wednesday. I'm calling Pat's Rams in the bowl. What? what? Did he actually? Oh, okay. Oh, oh. As you guys stated, big game Andy just ain't going to bring it. <clears throat> and I'm Team Rams since the Saints knocked the birds out. Looking forward to the rest of the season. Talk to you guys soon. Holy shit, Nick. Yo, I think that's like probably the least picked finals matchup by Genius. anyone. Well, we're going to go off on that in the rundown, but damn. Andy Reid, dude. We just knew. We knew. I, would, I don't even think that was Andy Reid's fault, man. It had that, nothing to do with him, but he the, lost. The refs, man. Fuck okay. We'll get into that after. The refs were involved in the other game. But yo, Nick, love you, dog. Yeah, mad love. Thanks for the email. Uh, interested to hear who you want to win the whole thing now. Big time. We're gonna get there's a no week way. Off. There's no way you're a Patriots fan. It's gotta be, man. Who else would you cheer for? <laughs> the Rams, clearly. All right. Next up, we got an email from James Queely. You're gonna love this one, dog. People. <laughs> Yo, big fan of the show. Seeing what you guys would compare James Harden this season versus 2006 Kobe Bryant compared to skate now and then in their respected areas. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. What? Well, I don't understand. that's a tough code to crack. Not exactly sure what you meant there. I don't understand the skate component of that question. 
Let's just compare 2019 Harden to 2006 Kobe. Mm-hmm. Yo, that's a great comparison, <clears throat> especially because I never thought in a million years I'd see a player average 35 points a game again. It's obviously early in the season. A lot can change. Major props to Harden and, and shouldering the load with uh, injuries to Chris Paul, Clint Capella, Eric Gordon. We'll see if he can keep it up. Once they're at full strength, I don't know if he's still going to need to put up 35 points per game. But uh, the fact that he's doing it right now and fucking they're winning games is insane. Really similar numbers. Kobe shot better from the field. Uh, Harden shooting slightly better from free throw. Five threes a game versus 2.3 for Kobe. But that's just how the NBA has changed. Similar rebounds. More assists. Three, Four more assists per game. Same steals, same blocks pretty much, and Harden has more turnovers because he has the ball more. Uh, I think the biggest difference in the two seasons is that Kobe's team was absolute dog shit. Second year, Bynum. Lamar Odom was the only other good player, I'd say, back then. It was the Kwame Brown, Jordan Farmar, Smush Parker days, Ronnie Turiaf, uh, young Luke Walton. So the fact that Kobe got that team to the playoffs, and I think took Phoenix to to game seven uh, is insane and I'm interested to see if Harden can keep this up but if I had to pick one you know you know who I'm picking he didn't ask you to pick one well you he's saying throw out there I would take 2006 Kobe though if, if that I don't know that wasn't the question but <laughs> Harden yo when it counts in the playoffs although that year Kobe had the most inexplic- inexplicable game seven when he just he was getting called out so much for like shooting too much and hogging that he like just decided to pass a bunch in game seven and they lost and it was almost like a fuck you to all the critics. Mm. All right, next up, we got an email from Travis Orteen. Thanks for tossing my shout out to my homie Pat last week. I've been out the skating game for a minute. Just got my son to the skate park the day before a broken ankle. But the fact that you dudes are sports fans, fuck yes. Let me pick your brain quick. Who were your biggest disappointments in fantasy this year? And who were your sleepers who you got late or undrafted that helped your team? I got Emmanuel Sanders in the seventh round, who was fired till the Demarius Thomas trade. Also, Pat Mahomes in the 11th round. Dude's a beast. Royce Freeman was my fuck up of the year, but got Philip Lindsay. And lastly, who are your Super Bowl picks? I love a Rams Chiefs rematch and think it would be great for the NFL. As a Packers owner, look it up, they sell stock. And lifelong fan, this year sucked, and I had to look elsewhere for my football fix. Sorry for the rant, keep up the good work, dudes, and go Bucks. Giannis for MVP. Yo, Travis, thanks for hollering back, man. Similar to you, I got fucked with that Royce Freeman treatment. I also picked a Gronk in the second round. I also took LaShawn McCoy in the fourth round. So this one team, it was the last team I drafted, and it was by far the worst. But, yo, shouts out to winning the Money League. I got some real gems on that one. Thought my season was over when I lost Kareem Hunt. What do you know? Derrick Henry's on the waiver wire for a nice playoff run, and the rest is history, man. Um, Yeah, I want to tell the people what place you came in in the Bunt League. Yeah, I came in last, if you couldn't tell by the team that I drafted. <laughs> I went D-Hop, Gronk, Royce Freeman, and then LaShawn McCoy, and it was over before it even started. I think you grabbed Carlos Hyde after that. Yo, I turned Carlos Hyde into Sony Michelle and Brandon Cooks. Don't forget that. Yeah, and you still came in last. 
right. Three for 13. God damn. But my team. <laughs> I can't even talk about that. Oh, I should have won some God. games. That's for sure. Uh, the fact that like you're so lucky you made that trade still came last. But if you hadn't made that trade, that was probably the worst draft. Probably like ever. Yeah, I've ever done. Like that was in the history of football. Horrendous. I got some good quarterbacks. And I made some good trades. I shouldn't have come in last. Phil or Wade should have come in last, but I just all, I was always playing the one of the good teams that week. <laughs> no, like I mean the team I was playing always scored a good amount. I never got uh no forty point layups. Yeah. As far as like sleepers we got or undrafted dudes, I got Philip I picked up Philip Lindsay um after week one. Definitely turned my team into like one of the better teams in the league, but he fucking fell apart for the playoff run. This year was crazy. It was all about staying on point in the playoffs and making those pickups in the playoffs because everyone was winning championships off the wire this year. Damian not, Williams. Not necessarily who they drafted. I think that this year a lot more teams that didn't have a solidified lineup were able to win the championship. Like the team I played in the finals, she couldn't make the person couldn't make a, a roster move because the guys were all studs. They just didn't come yeah. up. I saw my friend's championship was like he had Zeke, all the big names, and then he ended up losing to like losing to like Elijah McGuire, the uh, tight end on the Vikings. What's his name? Rudolph. Again? Rudolph had like two or three TDs yeah, or something. He like he did. Th this year was crazy, man. Especially in weeks fourteen, just the playoffs were twisted. Fourteen to sixteen. If you got there, anyone could have won this year. Yeah. Come on. Thanks for the email, Travis. Shouts out to the Packers, man. Aaron Rodgers, forty-six points, week sixteen. Let go. All right, y'all. That's gonna wrap up the post office for this week. Keep sending them emails and voice notes to the Bunt Live at gmail.com. It is time for the rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. The moment you've all been waiting for is finally here. Let's talk championship weekend, my dog. Run us back. I wanted Saints and fucking <laughs> Chiefs, but I refused to predict. I, I don't know if I predicted something last week, but anytime someone asked me who I thought was going to win, I said I have no clue because it's never been. I've never seen the final four like this in my short football fandom where all the best teams make it, fucking flip a coin, and that's who's going to win. That's what it came down to. Both in Both OT. games over time. So epic, but I'm, I'm disappointed in the NFL and the <laughs> fucking refs. I think both both games Let's start uh, with the Saints were game. controlled by the refs, and the, the wrong team won both. <clears throat> uh, Saints game, amazing game all the way through. Both games were much lower scoring than i thought especially to start the games yeah, defenses were popping mm -hmm. uh, no room to run on the ground yeah. especially in the superdome todd Gurley was getting nothing in the first half oh, that boy cj anderson though man if like even this this season's a success obviously they want to win the super bowl but like even if they lose that like wow i don't know if they they'd they to make it this far with there's no CJ. even if you lose that it's like you this is the time who knows if you'll ever get back there. no i know i know no I one it. else out there is the patriots i'm just saying cj anderson saved their season so yeah, like, i don't yo, think they would when they showed todd Gurley well, working out his hip on the side i'm like yeah you better be doing something over there because yeah. damn dog cj off the street but yeah we all know what we're gonna talk about 
It was a non-call. Saints should be going to the Super Bowl. I fuck with the Rams because I fuck with YG. But, dog, shouldn't have happened, man. If you call the league office and they tell you, yeah, we made a mistake, you got to run it back or something. Like, something that that noticeable changed the whole game. You can't review that or anything. There's four refs out there. One was staring right at the play. I feel like the refs were scared to... Because if they make that call, the game is basically over. Yeah, one way or the other. Do you Sean Payton runs up to him? He's like, that's a Super Bowl call. And the ref was like, I know. Like, Sean Payton, he knew. That's a Super Bowl call. Like, the Saints still had a chance in overtime. I don't care. But that shouldn't that, even... That, have, that can, like, take the wind irrelevant. out of your sails. Yeah. I get... Ooh. They do that in basketball a lot. Like, they'll swallow their whistles late. Because they don't want they let them play. They don't want to. They don't want it to be yeah. all on them. But it's all on you anyways. Because it was if such an egregious miss call. Like you got to call that. I feel horrible for the Saints because oh. it's back to back heartbreaking uh, losses. Which one do you think was worse last yeah, year? Yeah, remember Stephon I, I Diggs? asked you this last night. Which one was worse? And uh, I was thinking the Stefan Diggs one because it was their own player that missed the tackle. But you said. You said it was this year's against the Rams because they had no control and it was the ref and I, I would I would agree. I'd rather be Marshawn Lattimore and have to try and make a tackle than hope that a ref makes a call. So yeah, when I'll it's go a, with the ref. There's nothing worse than losing when it's out of your hands. You know? Oh, and not to jump to the next game, but both times the Chiefs lost to the Patriots this year. It's that helpless feeling when they show Mahomes on the bench and he's just like he doesn't even get a chance in I OT. Loved it. And same thing last year, they left too much time on the clock. It's just that's that's how the Saints felt. It was, they're just helpless because it's in the refs' hands. I'd rather lose, like I'd rather Marshawn Lattimore miss the tackle, know, miss the tackle, and it's it like fuck, we it. fucked yeah. up. And that exactly. way you can rally the troops a little easier. How do you how do you get guys motivated again after that year robbery. two losing like this? Brutal. Camara and company. I hope, yo, Breeze, such a boss. I think he's got a couple more MVP esque seasons in him. So hopefully they'll be back. Yeah, they have a they have a sick team, man. They're gonna do their thing. It's just you now are heading into the territory where like you don't even want to play the regular season games because it yeah. fucking means absolutely nothing. And the way you've been ripped off the last two years, you're like, fuck all of this. I just want the shot back at the Super Bowl. Like I can't be exactly. bothered with these games. In Buffalo in October. Such punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. But moving on, Patriots and the Chiefs. I told you guys last week, it's going to be a helpless feeling for Mahomes. I mean, a lot had to happen between the first quarter and overtime, but the outcome's the outcome, dog. I don't even want to speak on that game. So many trash calls. Uh, And yeah, the Chiefs got a few calls too, but I felt like they were makeup calls because of how blatant some of the, the bad calls were against them so the refs were like there was oh, shit. one one really bad call bro there was a few there every time they they had a third down a flag just came if they didn't get no, the first down oh no, it did it, yeah man. it did that's bullshit are you kidding me on third no, down i was in like julian the edelman and the gronk every time there was no like the one flag on uh Third down, the passer that's the one the that's the one call, call. ever that's seen. the one bad call but he did hit him in the helmet no, he hit him in the shoulder. Are you no, kidding? He grazed me? his helmet. Oh, oh, yeah, he grazed. Dude, <laughs> I can't talk about this game with a Patriots fan. He grazed his helmet, but I, like I said, that's a bad call. But the only other one that was on third down, I believe, was when the guy lined up in the neutral zone. And what are you gonna do? That's a that's a penalty. 
bro they they pick and choose when to call this shit and they were choosing to keep the patriots on the field for way too many times that Mahomes was gifted a touchdown on on uh penalties to justin jackson like bad penalties too they, it went both ways the roughing the passer no it wasn't, absolutely it, it wasn't even been. close but when it went to overtime i i knew and i told you this it's whoever wins the coin toss is going to score a touchdown because both these offenses can't be stopped right now yeah fucking i bet you both sides of that coin were the same brady is <laughs> fucking bullshit that was funny i Whenever the the challenges start going down, I just I know that Bill Belichick's got a direct That's what I'm line. How many times on that headset. all those challenges you knew every single one, one went against us, but the other ones went our way. Yeah, one I did not touch three. Julian Edelman. He did not touch that ball. I don't know, but I I think it wasn't there wasn't a hundred percent like it wasn't clear. But either way, they got the. With That's the thing. It wasn't right clear, that. but on the field it was ruled a muffed punt that he did touch it. So like it has to be inconclusive evidence to say that he didn't touch it. And like no, it has to be. It was it was ruled Chiefs ball, right? On the field. So in order to like rule it back to give it to the Patriots, it has to be 100% without a doubt. And like and it wasn't. It, you would have to like watch both replays at the same time to like rule them out because from one it would look like. The left thumb hit it, and the other looked like the right, but... Yeah, it wasn't... That's what I'm saying, but they still got the call. They got the call. What was the other one? Robert Kraft got the call. There was uh, someone... Hogan's catch. Yeah, Hogan's catch. The ball hit the ground, but it was... Did he possess control? I don't fucking know, man. I I just... You know, I don't even hate the Patriots. I'm a new football fan, so it's just fun to cheer against them. Like, I don't care that much. It's not like my hate for LeBron or anything. But it's just crazy uh, witnessing this every year. Like, big game, big call. That Steelers touchdown last year in, in oh, the regular season. We're getting back to No, you. just shit like that. It's like, yo. And then you go on Instagram and you just see everyone so cheese saying they're not going to watch the, the Super Bowl and shit. It's like, yo, why does But the number one the Patriot hater shit up? is the commissioner. So you don't think he's tried? The Patriots have all the refs in their pocket? Apparently. So apparently, Tom Brady is apparently an average quarterback. When has a big call gone against them that like affected the game? Nick Foles had to fucking play lights out to that beat those Foles. That wasn't Nick Foles. That was someone else underneath <laughs> that helmet. I don't know who that was. That was Mister Perfect from the WWF days. Who had that catch against the, the fucking Falcons a couple years ago? Edelman. Was that a catch? Like fuck. What do you mean was that a catch? Are you kidding me? Like most iconic catches of all time. Oh, uh, but the Patriots Giants stand up. They did it again. Yo, don't talk about the Giants. The Patriots did it again. Rams, Patriots Super Bowl. I know I'm going to be the only Patriot fan at our Super Bowl party and I'm used to it, man. 3 years in a row. Congrats, but <clears throat> it's a Jared Goff thing this year. Is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback you've ever seen? Yeah. Okay. It's not even close. Moving on. Let's get into some NBA talk. A couple quick subjects here. Number one being the Brooklyn Nets, man. Who the hell do they think they are? Bro, they they ran they quietly snuck into sixth place in the East. Very impressed. Uh the whole like remodeling of that franchise, new coach, new GM and everything, it's paying off. They got some uh experts staff over there. You know what I'm saying? They know, what, never they, know they know what they're doing. Uh, no draft picks for like a billion years straight <laughs> trading for young talent 
uh loving the energy down there they play hard every night if they make the playoffs man that's just a huge hats off to them dude my man dinwiddie killing it deloading absolutely shredding it i think he scored 19 points in a row was it in one game or maybe 18 yeah he went off career uh, high 40 they were down by 20 something came back jared allen doing his thing karis lavert should be coming back from injury within the coming weeks yeah that's the crazy part is karis lavert before he got hurt was their best player yeah at the time and uh to go on this run without him he's coming back soon i think they can hold on to a playoff spot one question for you about the brooklyn nets is d'angelo russell an all-star Probably because the East is so fucking lacking. Like, even Lowry's and missed so he, many games. I don't know if he's going to make it. And if this the year. Nets are in six, they got to have an all star. Yeah. Um, if if they're picking one, it's got to be him. I, lo- I love the Nets. I, I respect the Nets. I don't like D'Angelo Russell. Never have. Uh, he pissed me off as a Laker. That whole snitching thing. I'm just, his yeah, face pisses me off. His little dreads now. Like, not into it, but <laughs> feeling his style. I, I'm not feeling his style, but I support uh, the the rise of the Nets. I'm hyped for Karis LeVert to come back because that looked like his fucking career was, Holy was shit. in and jeopardy. Now that he's gonna be back just a couple months later. Yeah, young bones, man. That's what's he up. Might be, he might get drug tested though. Who knows? What? <laughs> Came back too quick. Yeah. <laughs> also, speaking of a gruesome injury, we saw Lonzo Ball turn his ankle. Luckily, the Lakers are getting Rondo back, but how much are they going to miss Lonzo? Dude, it's been such a roller coaster ride for the point guards there. It seems that every time one gets healthy, the other gets injured again. Mm-hmm. To start the year, they were both playing. Rondo was starting. Then I think Rondo got hurt first, maybe, yeah. or Lonzo, but like it's actually gone back and forth like two or three times now where only one's healthy. Uh, Lonzo's out grade three ankle sprain three to four weeks they're saying and rondo's probably he's not playing monday but he'll probably be back at some point this week um lakers in ninth right now which i kind of like but how much how many they're a half game behind the clippers and the clippers are fucking tail spinning right now they just lost five straight they finally won one Utah, and you know that Gallinari injury is coming. Yeah, well, yeah, he's hurt right now. Yeah. Actually, he's back. Utah's <laughs> finally back in the playoffs. They should seven seed. They're gonna stick. Man, I'm my team this year. I got two kings, Buddy Healed and Bogdanovich oh on my God. fantasy team, and I absolutely. They might it. be the I team I've it. watched the most this year because they're always on at night. I hate that you got Bogdanovich. <clears throat> Hey, you can have him for the low, low price of Rudy Gobert. <laughs> so keep that offer to yourself. Uh, but yeah, dude, the Kings, man. I don't. They might. I think they still might be a year away from the playoffs. You know, one more blessed draft pick, maybe make a trade. But um, the the Kings are entertaining as shit. Lakers. What do you think is gonna happen with them? You know, the tough part is I think it, all these injuries and now Rondo is stunting the development of Lonzo. Like as soon as he starts to get into a bit of a rhythm and playing some games it's always something that uh, gets in his way and i think it's i think it's bad news for the lakers that lonzo is going to be injured again because he's the one they need to play they're not gonna like lonzo is the point guard of the future right so i mean they need to get lebron back or else they're not gonna win any games man dude they winning in ot in okc was huge and then almost won in houston but james harden and uh, actually, Eric Gordon put his Superman cape on. But yeah, the Lakers, 
I feel like they're going to find a way to get back in there over the Clippers, and I think that will be the playoffs this year. Lakers, Utah, San Antonio, Houston, Portland, OKC, Denver, Golden State. Dude, tell me that the Lakers would have to play Golden State in the first round. Oh, I would love to see LeBron go home in the first round, you bitch. So speaking of Golden State, they just got their fifth All-Star back. Boogie Cousins is in the lineup, fouled out. Which in 14 uh, minutes. doesn't surprise anyone. <laughs> Man, nobody wants to play these guys, especially with the type of uh, bullying DeMarcus can do as well. Now they got the they got their big man back. Oh, the man was three of four on threes. Huge dunk to get his first basket uh, after a year out of the game. So happy for Boogie. But, yo, it honestly just looks – it doesn't look right because you look at those five on the floor, their starting lineup – and it's literally the starting lineup of the Western Conference All-Stars. Like, I think Draymond AD comes off the bench. There. Yeah. But it's the first time since, like, I don't remember, like 1970s or something where uh, you're starting five, five All-Stars all. from the previous year are on the same team. It's insane, too, because Boogie brings that, like, goonie mentality, too. Like, no one's going to be saying shit to them either now. Like, you can't talk shit because... This guy's a goddamn lunatic. Not only are you scared to play against the guy, but then you got KD, Steph, and Clay shooting lights out on you. like, And the third splash brother, Boogie, yeah, as hey. he calls himself. That's what he said a major part of his rehab was working on his, his three-pointer. So. Yeah, when you can't move and just shoot stationary, like he's probably uh, look out for him to have a good year from the free throw line and uh, from three. So what, is it just over for the West now? I think so. Like, barring major <laughs> injuries, like, who's, Boogie looked good in his first game, which is already scary, you know? Like, yeah. So he's only going to get better in the two, three months before the playoffs. So uh, good luck to the rest of the and NBA. Who and was, who was the starting center before this? So it was a mix of Looney and... Yeah, it was just Looney. Uh, Jordan Bell. Over the years playing. of the Golden State Warriors domination, who have been their great st their great centers? The best center Zaza? they had. Javal. I, I would say Bogut healthy, but he was ah. just a, he was probably their. So the adding this piece to that team is just. Or David Lee, but he got hurt. Like yeah, <laughs> he had some moves though. He was quick, but nothing like Boogie, and already. One of the greatest teams ever assembled, adding DeMarcus Cousins. Hey, the, the rest of the NBA can blame themselves for that one. Man. Absolutely. They got him for low $5 balling. million. Low balling. Yeah. But, uh, and Boogie's got something to play for, too. He's playing for he's playing for a contract. So it's an audition for the rest of the, uh, the league to see. He's put himself in quite a good spot. <laughs> the best spot. He's going to be wide open. Like, this man's never not been double teamed his whole career maybe a little bit last year playing with ad mm -hmm. but who the fuck my one question is how does he handle being what is he is he the fourth best player on the team or the third well right now the fourth yeah i'd put him over draymond right away because draymond what about clay you put him over year. clay that's the that's the tough spot no, i'm saying he's the fourth i'm yeah. saying clay is better than him yeah he's obviously not better than steph and kd but the fact that Boogie Cousins is now like he on Sacramento, he was always the only option. Last year, he was the second option behind AD. Now he's fourth. Yeah. Can he can he deal with that with his with his temper and his type of uh, personality? I think so because his whole career, he's always 
what's frustrated him has been the losing. Yeah. And they're going to be winning. So if he can have a lesser role, and it's like all year he's mentally been preparing for being in a lesser role on a winning team, yeah. I think he can do it, man. He seems to, those guys seem to have a lot of fun on the bench and shit. Like, yeah, they love him. Um, and he was at almost every game this year, which hurt guys don't have yeah, to he, do. He got ejected from the bench one time already. <laughs> Fouls out in his first game. Good old boogie. Gives us a reason to watch the Warriors again, at least. Yeah. Real shit. Is that it, man? Another one in the books? Another one in the books. You, you ain't got no hockey news? Yeah, I got a little bit of hockey news, man. I'm I'm disappointed in the NHL that a man like Mitch Marner can't be a goddamn all-star as well. I understand that Austin Matthews, John Tavares, I, they're all-stars. But I'm saying the Maple Leafs should have five all-stars. Maybe Ooh. you leave out Frederick Anderson because he's been hurt. But Morgan Riley... Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, all All-Stars. Shame on the NHL. Shouts to the Maple Leafs. Real talk. All right. Well, on that note, that's a rapidy wrap for episode two, <laughs> season eight. Shouts to everyone, our sponsors, our homies. You know what I'm saying? Peace out, y'all. <laughs>